With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What they discovered upon their arrival was almost unspeakable. We are all evil in some form or I'm not, I'm not guilty. <laughs> the dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. Some, if I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons. Hello and welcome to the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. I'm Vicky. And I'm Rachel. We're back again. Yeah. Back, with, back, 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 back again. With <laughs> another episode <laughs> that was so much energy. <laughs> I'm so tired. All of a sudden me it too. just hit me where I was like, I could use I a nap. Let's take I, a nap. This is how I feel all the time. This though. is our Sleep With Me <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Tuck in. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, dream. So we're back again. If this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. Hi. Got a great show for you today. I'm actually really excited about this one. Yeah, me this too. This is a fun episode. This is a good episode. Kind of, kind of a fun one. I'm psyched. Yes. Uh, but first, let's head over to the newsroom. This week, we are talking about probably one of the biggest pieces of news in the true crime world, and that is the release of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So for those who are unaware or living under a rock. Right, like how? You have to kind of know at this point. Yeah. So Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her boyfriend at the time, uh, Nicholas Godijan, essentially killed her mom. He did the actual killing, but she... She like Charles Manson did. Yeah. She sort of like coerced him and initiated like the plan to kill her mom. Mm -hmm. Um, It was revealed that actually Gypsy Rose was a victim of Munchausen by proxy. Her mom had Munchausen by proxy Mm -hmm. and was lying about all of these illnesses and stuff. She was like in a wheelchair. She had all of her teeth pulled. Yeah. She had lied to her daughter about her age. She Mm -hmm. thought that she was much younger than she was. Oh, crazy, crazy amounts of abuse. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly there's extenuating circumstances in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, But nevertheless, her and uh, Gypsy and and Nicholas Godijan Mm -hmm. uh, were both arrested. She 
ended up um, pleading guilty to second-degree murder Mm -hmm. and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Yes. And this was in uh, July 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go to John also was found guilty, um, but he... He got life, I think. Yeah, he. There was something because he's autistic, right? Um, they talk about his IQ being yes. extremely low, yes. with um, and likely had diminished capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if he. Let me see. Oh, the, guilty of first degree murder mm-hmm. and armed criminal action, and he got life. Yeah, in February 2019. Okay, so. Gypsy Rose has been released mm-hmm. and has become the darling of the internet. Yeah. In a weird way. She's like a TikTok star. I am not <laughs> I am not a fan of like yeah. this fangirling that is happening. I agree. Um I hope she does well. Right. You know, obviously she was a victim of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um she has never really like lived a life that is her own. Right really until this point exactly um however you know she got married while she was in prison uh-huh. she kind of already has you know i think she's living with her dad maybe she is yeah um, he had nothing to do with the abuse he right really they were divorced and yeah it was a totally separate <laughs> thing so i just it's i'm curious what she's going to do with her life i am too we've kind of talked about this a little bit off the air yeah i just don't i mean the fact is like she still (laughs) was involved in a murder plot against her mom so i feel i i told i get what you're saying in that like we probably shouldn't be glorifying that and people are definitely turning her into like a like girl boss like type character and i'm like yeah yeah um so i'm very i have the extreme opinion about her because a a lot of people i see online and i respect everyone's opinion just kidding no i don't Um, (laughs) i I said that why would i lie to you um she that like that's placing a lot of blame on gypsy and are like well she deserved to go to prison I don't think that she needed to go to prison, and I don't think that her boyfriend needed to be in prison for life. I think yeah. it's too much. I don't. Yeah. I think that she she needs a lot of therapy, and luckily, in prison, she did a lot of programs. She did a lot of therapy. Yeah. Um. She did a lot of outreach programs, uh, so she'd be better prepared. But I just don't. I just don't think that she's responsible. Really? Yeah. So. Something that I I do feel like isn't super touched on is like her mom lied to her about a bunch of stuff, right? About mm-hmm. her illnesses. Um, I said earlier she had all her teeth pulled. She mm-hmm. would shave her head. She mm-hmm. told her she had leukemia. She was also drugging her, giving her. There's a there's a picture online if you guys ever look at crime scene photos of like her medicine cabinet, which yeah. is really a closet. Yeah, just yeah. full of pills. And yeah. to this day, she doesn't know what she gave her. Right, um, but she. Uh, uh, her mother also would tell her that the police, uh, like, would never believe her. She mm-hmm. built up, like, from a child, uh, the idea that the police were not trustworthy. You can't go to the police. They will never believe you, mm-hmm. you know. And she would tell lies. Like, you know, I feel a certain way about the police. But, like, she would – she was, like, they have no accountability at all. Yeah, Like, yeah. and 
to be told that from such a young age, and I mean, Gypsy got pulled out of normal school. Mm -hmm. She really didn't have a lot of friends. I feel like she wouldn't know to go to the police because she just didn't have that perspective that some of us have at least a little bit of they're supposed to be there to help you. Yeah. She also had, I'm trying to think what it was. She had documents signed making her making her mother like her mother was like in control of her like like she she was diminished capacity as an adult yeah so it was like a conservatorship yes 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 exactly and and she had told gypsy because of that no one will believe anything that you say there was a time when child protective services came to the house and she drugged gypsy yeah made her really sleepy and then told them that she was like mentally incapacitated yeah she was like that all the time so i i feel like what else was she supposed to do? I guess. You know? I hear you. She I hear you. Know. See, this is why it's like a tricky <laughs> thing because she very much was abused, like right. a heavily abused. Yes. Um, and it is this extenuating circumstances. Right. Which is why she only got 10 years. Like yeah. they talk about the, I think it, the maximum sentence for her was life in prison. And they, even the prosecuting attorney, like mm-hmm. immediately recognized like, yes, these are very extenuating and unusual right. circumstances in this case. I just don't feel like, I feel like for her role, it was appropriate. Okay. Up an appropriate length. Yeah. But like, I'm also not endorsing murder as a resolution to right. escaping your abuse. I, and I, and I understand that. I definitely you know, get that. That's why, that's why like the fangirling of her, oh, like, so yes, weird. queen. I'm like, it's so weird. I mean, you have to, she still showed like some capacity to right. plan. Like the fact that it was yes. planned. No, I'm not saying she's is like, innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like that to me is like right. enough to show capacity to like yes. know what the fuck is going on and uh-huh. what you're doing and the outcome of like she very was very much was well aware of like yes what was going to happen if she carried out all of this and got go to john to do what he did yeah that to me is enough to be like you need to pay and i think that's a good you know totally get yeah totally get what you're saying i just i i think i can see from her perspective Mm -hmm. like that she really thought there was no way out but i definitely understand and and the biggest part of why i'm not like more passionate about like she shouldn't have Mm -hmm. gone to jail is i do think that maybe not fully intentionally but she did manipulate this boy into doing this for her like he did yeah i've seen i've seen videos of him i i'm into this case he he definitely has yeah, some yeah. intellectual difficulties, and it's like it's not an accident that that's who she picked to do the murder and not someone else. Yeah, yeah. and he, I, you know, I see a lot of people talking about justice for Gypsy. I feel like he needs justice. I mm-hmm. don't think that he. I don't deserves... think. I think he should be in like an institution. I agree. I completely. I don't agree. think he should be in prison. I think he should be in an institution. I agree. Yeah, and then hopefully they can get him some skills. Like, don't yeah. talk to strange girls on the internet. Yeah, um, and don't kill people. Yeah. And he'll be yeah. like, because I can't, I, I cannot imagine he's doing well in prison. I'm either. sure he's not. Like, it's this just poor not guy. the right place. I don't you, think, know, you know, in his heart, I feel like yeah. he really thought that he was trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Now, I have seen, I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews that she's done yes. since she's been out. And those I am also not super crazy about because I, so I saw one the other day where she was like, I don't see myself as a murderer. Yeah. Because I didn't do the physical the act. And I was like, 
okay. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure she has done therapy right. at this point. And there is some disconnection that you have to do in order to, like, live right, your life. But, not but like completely. Girl, if, that was the moment that I was like, right. Mm, if you, you were involved, you know. Yeah, if, like, you if can't. If he had never met you. She would still be alive, one hundred percent. Like it, it was very much like a diminishing. Right, of... I saw that too, and I completely agree. I, was I saw like, a thing okay. the other day. I don't know what it was for exactly, but she was on like a red carpet, like in a nice dress, like talking to an interviewer. And I'm like, yeah, she's an abuse victim. Like, what is she doing here? Like, why yeah. are they like, oh my god, girl? Like, how are you? Yeah. Like, and I think there what? is kind of something, um, that. The, like there almost needs to be a little more care to like elevate somebody to that much of a celebrity status. Yes, directly out of prison is it's, like it's got to be so wild for her mentally. Yeah, and like she's been po- she has a TikTok and she's been posting some mm-hmm. admittedly very funny uh, comments, and people are are like turning her into a meme. And I'm like that we've all seen people get like you know, a little TikTok or Instagram famous, Mm -hmm. and then they do something horrible and they get canceled, right? So even for people who've had relatively normal lives compared to Gypsy, fame is damaging. Yeah. It's just a very very weird weird time we're living in right now. And I'm glad. See, we can agree on that. (laughs) This is very strange. This whole situation has always been this sort of like gray area for me this case specifically I totally get that because it is so complicated yes. and there's so many factors at play here yeah um but like i'm never gonna endorse murder <laughs> so i'm not endorsing i got a hard it. line at murder i just understand yeah I'm i like, get it know. i get it i get it yeah but like it's gray we're in the gray yeah yeah, yeah. 50 shades anyway, of gray we're gonna move on yeah we're going to move on to Netflix and Kill, <laughs> where this week we are talking about American Nightmare, which Woo! I was fucking thrilled when it came out. Yes. One, it's three episodes long, which perfect. is always like, I feel like three episodes is like the perfect bite. I do too. Um. So do you remember, because you have not seen this, correct? Mm-mm. Okay. Do you remember the case when it came out? It was like real life gone girl, like blah, 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 blah. The real life gone girl. <gasps> oh, was it was it the out the, in California? Yeah, and she like got kidnapped, mm-hmm. but really she ran away and lived with her boyfriend. Well, no, but may, I mean it's probably the same case, but that's not what happened. Oh, oh, it is probably the same case, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened. <clears throat> no. So the case surrounds Denise Huskins, yeah. um, and her boyfriend Aaron Quinn. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think this is the same one. This is the craziest story I have ever heard. Oh, my God. And if you haven't watched this and you don't want any spoilers, I will tell you it is great going into it not knowing what the fuck is going on. Yeah. So if you don't want any spoilers, just fast forward ahead like three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know. See you in three or four minutes. Love you. So Aaron Quinn, uh-huh. this is 2015. Uh-huh. Aaron Quinn calls police. He says these people broke into my house they drugged me they gave me a sedative i woke up there was a camera um in the room that they told me i wasn't able i wasn't allowed to leave the camera (gasps) area because they had kidnapped his girlfriend denise huskins and if he did anything they were gonna kill her oh okay so these kidnappers had like put these like 
goggles on him with duct tape over them and drugged him and all this other stuff, right? Oh, my God. They were, like, trying to get a ransom. Uh And then finally, he decides to call police. He tells police the story. And police are like, there is no way this is real. Um, And pretty much immediately zone in on the boyfriend. They're like, Uh are you just saying this because you murdered her? Yeah, I mean, it does sound like an outlandish story. Yes. This is, it took me like 15, 20 minutes into the first episode. And frankly, I thought it was structured brilliantly because they basically do, the first episode is the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. The second episode is the girlfriend. And the third episode is the others. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of really dug that a lot. Yeah. It took me like 15, 20 minutes in the first episode to be like, get a fucking attorney. I was yelling at my TV, like, call an attorney, call yeah. an attorney. Because you see it go south. Oh, no. They they tell him, like, right up front, just so you know, we're looking at you as a victim. We're not looking at you as a suspect. And then uh-huh. it, t- it like, takes a hard right where he's oh, like, no. I don't believe you. I think you killed your fucking girlfriend. <gasps> I think you're trying – you came up with a story to, like – get around whatever whatever right nobody wow. believes him he's like trying to get an attorney right because he's like i really didn't do this they came and took her like uh-huh. i don't know and they were just pushing him yes wow. okay so then like two days later or a day like 48 hours later all of a sudden she shows up at her dad's house in huntington beach which is like 400 miles away okay. i think it was in this is not the same case by the way Oh, no? No. Oh, dude, this no is crazy. She shows up at her dad's house unharmed. Uh-huh. There was at some point like a proof of life provided while she was kidnapped where it was her a voice recording where she's like, this is Denise Huskins. Oh, I've okay. been kidnapped. Otherwise, I'm okay. This happened today. Like, My favorite. Yeah, they need, need proof to know of life. that she's okay. Right? Yeah. So um, anyway, so she shows up. Okay. She's fine. Essentially unharmed. Okay. Later, it is found out that she was sexually assaulted. Okay. And so anyway, she shows up and police are like, we'd like to talk to you. And she was like, I'm not talking to police. Well, there. So now the media is like, these two have staged this whole thing. Blah, 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 blah. This is sidebar. It is correct to say, I don't want to talk to the police. Yeah. She she sort of tells them like, yes, this person took me, but like didn't really give them any details. Uh So then... Second episode, she comes out and tells what happened to her. (gasps) She got fucking kidnapped, put into a trunk, taken to some remote. She was, like, blindfolded with the goggles, taken to some remote (gasps) place. Her story from, like, when she gets kidnapped at the house essentially matches up with her boyfriend's, right? No way. She gets kidnapped, taken to this place in the woods where Uh she's, like, in a room. Um, and there's cabin. Yeah. They're saying this person that she's, that kidnapped her is like, I'm with a group of people. We're like hired to kidnap people. This was actually meant for Aaron's ex fiance. And it's fucking weird. So she's there for like two days. Uh He sexually assaults her twice. He, but is otherwise like polite, like weirdly polite, like making conversation and kind of blah, 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 blah. And then two days later is like, okay, it's time. We're releasing you. Takes her to your dad's house, releases her, but is like, if you tell police anything, like I'm going to come after your family. Oh. Yeah. So she didn't know what to do. Right. Didn't want to talk to police. Right. Gets an attorney. Now the both of them are like telling them the story and they think that the two are in on it together, Uh that this is a big hoax and like this is where the real life gone girl thing comes in uh-huh. and the media is like eating it the fuck up. Uh-huh. Well then like 
I don't even know how it was like months later. Yeah. Um, they end up in a in an unrelated case miles away, managing to find this guy uh, whose name I can't remember. Uh-huh. A dude. A dude. A dude. Matthew Muller. Uh-huh. Who turns out is a serial rapist and peeper. They arrest him what? in this other case and then find out that he's got these goggles that have oh. a piece of blonde hair from, lo and behold. What? Yeah. From Denise Huskins. So he ends up um, <gasps> getting arrested for that case, too. They really were so, kidnapped. Yes. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It is crazy. So check out the documentary. <laughs> if yes. you have Netflix, I highly suggest it. It's a wild <gasps> ride. Um, oh, my God. Absolutely fantastic. That is like the shortened version. It's Whoa. crazy. It's crazy. I feel so bad for them. And I, I will also say now the two of them are like married and they have two beautiful kids oh, and like they're so happy. They but made like, it through. yeah. But like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. Whoa. I know what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I got to watch those. Yeah. Um, okay. This is that part of the show where you say content might not be appropriate for all listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is actually pretty tame. There's mine a little violence, too. but um, otherwise pretty tame. Yeah, mine is too. I'm very excited about today's episode. Me Do you want to... Do you... Can you explain the theme of today? Hmm. Uh, what is a good way to explain <laughs> it? It's... We're sort of doing like weird mysteries weird mysteries yeah like like mine's older yours older kind of yeah it's like older like mine's been um this is mine's from the 40s mine's also from the 40s okay it's uh (laughs) kind of like been elevated to like an urban legend like it is a true story yes but there's been things there you go that there's true legends this is a good fall episode yeah Except we're doing it in the dead of winter, but yes. Um, yeah, but they can listen to it in the fall. Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. You can listen to it whenever you want. I don't get to free you. country. <laughs> Wherever you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. What do you got for me, girl? So I've got this is kind of a more common one. Um, and it's titled Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm? Okay. Had you heard of this one? So I am slightly familiar because uh-huh. I feel like I this would come up occasionally on I used to listen to like Thinking Sideways, yeah. which was kind of like a have you ever listened to that? No, but oh I know gosh. What it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like a like a legendy yeah. weirded thing podcast. Yeah. And I remember that being mentioned quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've heard of it, but I don't know like the specifics totally. I'm gonna give them to you. Girl. Yeah. Okay. First specific. This is so hard to pronounce. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is in Worcestershire. Worcestershire? Yeah, the sauce. Okay. Sauce place in Worcestershire. Worcestershire, England. uh, Specifically in an area um, called Hagley Wood. Uh, (laughs) Hagley Bagley? Yeah, and it's like the Witch Elm, Hagley Wood. Oh my gosh. Like, calm down. Like, this seems like like somebody wrote it. Is it Um, like an Aesop fable? (laughs) Yeah, for real. Yeah, do not um, go in the Witch Elm. Uh, This was. Um, April 18th, 1943. Okay. Now, those of you who are good at dates, uh, correct. This was right smack dab. In uh, England, in right? In England, yes. In 
uh, World War II. Yeah. So full blown, full yes. blown World War II. So War, this War, was um, significantly, excuse me, significantly a time where a lot of bombings were taking place mm-hmm. in England. You know the Blitz and every, well the Blitz was earlier, but yeah, um, they had they had like uh, curfews yes. and like all it that was crazy very, shit. In very se- and that will yeah. come in. To oh boy! Later. Oh god! Yes. Okay. Um, so it, it's important to kind of know that atmosphere. People um, were very tense. People were always afraid that they were going to get bombed. Um, there was a lot of. Um, like rumors of espionage, Ooh, the yes. idea that like your neighbor could be a Nazi spy was like a big deal. Um, oh yeah. So people were very mistrustworthy of each other. Um, there were also because of the bombings and because of you know the time period, there were a lot of missing persons mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people, people who had sort of slipped through the cracks, people who were unhoused, people who were maybe sex workers. Yeah, if they disappeared, people really wouldn't look for them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of extreme poverty in London at the time. Um, so there was a, a big class divide as well. So it was just a very tense uh, atmosphere. People were really sort of at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, so one day, April 18th, 1943, four young boys uh, named Robert Hart, Thomas Willits, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne okay. were hunting for bird's nests. <laughs> That's some real 40 shit. I know. I, <laughs> I looked and looked. I couldn't figure out if they were trying to take the eggs home to cook and eat them or if they were trying to find birds to hunt. I'm really yeah. not sure. It sounds like well, a aren't, cute... Aren't birds' nests used in something? In like insulation okay. or something? Oh, that's true. In old homes? Am oh, I making so am I making that, that up no, or no, is no, it like No, no, you're totally right. Um, that's true. Okay. So maybe yeah, maybe they That were was my first thought. Looking if like it, to sell them. But my, then my brain was not like there's there would be eggs in the bird nest. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I, didn't even think I remember about that. at one point he did like pick up a nest and look into it. Mm. So I'm like, I don't know if they were take whatever. Yeah. But they were doing this whatever like they really cute, like kind of like Stephen King, like little boy activity, very okay. like innocent. I think they might have been skipping school, but that's mm. okay. Um, and they were in this area of Hagley Wood. Um, so in England there are lords, lords and ladies. And yeah. this guy was a Viscount. Okay. Viscount Cobham. His land in Hagley Wood. So these boys were trespassing, oh. and because they were looking for the birds' eggs, they were technically poaching. Oh, so shit. they were not supposed to be there. Um, what mad lads. Right, I know. They were just <laughs> Total mad a wild lads. night on the town and <laughs> turned into... Stealing um, bird nests. Right. I'm like, this is, like, so cute. Like, it's such, Love like, a it. sweet activity. Yeah. Um. So Robert, Bob Hart, uh, climbed up an old dead elm tree um, that they said looked, it was so old and hollowed out that it was almost skeletal, which adds to sort of the creepy, spooky atmosphere. Yes. Um, He climbs up to find a nest and in the hollow of the tree, because it was completely hollow, he found what he thought was an animal skull and pulled it out, presumably to show his friends and maybe give them a little bit of a startle. Um, but then they noticed that the skull had not only hair, but some flesh Ooh, stuck to it. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm like, no. Oh, my God. I feel like 
the skull, the the actual bones mm-hmm. would not be an issue for me. But the second you're like, there's yes. still skin on nothing it. I'm wet. like, Ugh. no, nothing texture. No. Once it's bones, I feel like it's fine. But yeah, yeah the, the the bit about the flesh really, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, <sighs> I canceled my whole day. I was going to go and hunt for birds in Hagleywood. I was like, dude, fuck that. I'm no. not doing that. No. <laughs> doing something else. Um, they obviously all freaked out. Yeah. Um, realizing that it was a human skull uh but because they were young um and they were worried about getting in trouble um they made a pact they all made a, and this is like i kind of love it's it's like a like a coming of age story it feels it like sounds stranger like, what's things. that one movie stand by me yes yep where they find the body is that the one yep. okay I yeah read an article that had like a big comparison to stand by me and i was like it totally is like they had, stand like, by me is based on this <laughs> story <laughs> like i'm imagining them all like pricking their fingers oh, and like gosh. making like a blood brothers, blood it looks brothers. So cute that, that neither confirmed nor denied oh um <laughs> it's just in my head um but they all made a pact okay. to not tell anyone but the youngest of the four, little Tommy Willits. Little Tommy. He, yeah, little Tommy. So sweet. Oh, my God. When he went home, he did tell his father who informed Good police. Yes, please, children, when you go out you bird nesting. Bodies, always say something. <laughs> always tell, you know, secrets make you sick. Um, this is what you tell your kids. <laughs> yeah. Secrets make you sick. Secrets make you sick. Secrets are not good. Surprises are good. Secrets are not good. <laughs> um, so the body was then found the next day, April 19th, because it was okay. already evening by the time they got back home. So the body was found in the morning of April 19th. Okay. Now let's get to the body. So she was, this was, they found a near complete skeletonized body. Okay. I say near complete because they found that the body was missing its right hand. Ooh. That hand uh, will come in handy later. Handy. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) There were... (laughs) There were... um, uh, Her clothes had been uh, reduced to rags, but later they were able to piece them together enough just to know that it was... um, that the clothes were cheaply made. Uh, These were not expensive clothes. They were cheap fabrics, probably homemade. Okay. Uh, So they weren't really able to get anything from that. They also found one shoe. Uh, They never recovered the other. Um, So they were using that for evidence. Um, And she had a a wedding ring on, on, you know, her left hand, the one that wasn't chopped off, uh, that was popular at the time because it was really cheap. It wasn't, okay. they couldn't afford um, uh, a pure gold wedding band. So it was like cheap brass and then it was like yeah. gold. It was like called a gold wrapped ring. Okay. So all of these details were kind of telling them that that this person had to have been from a lower class, had to yeah. have been poor. Yeah. Um, they, uh, as they did um, uh, investigations on the body, they found that she was probably, uh, that she was a woman she was between 35 and 40 uh, when she passed. She was only five feet tall. Okay. She had an unusual dental pattern, um, including a tooth that had been pulled. Okay. Um, and her, her like, bottom teeth, they said, were very irregular, very crooked. Yeah. Um, so they were excited at first because they thought they had all of this fabulous evidence. They found that she had given birth once. 
Um, and I then, mean, it all sounds great. Right. As long as you have records. Right. Because <laughs> it's also the 40s. Like, right. And it's also, also World War II. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. And okay. That's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. right. This is this is unfortunately a case with a lot more questions than answers, which is very frustrating. Great. But yeah. It's still interesting. Don't yeah. no. Turn it back on. Don't turn it off. Um, <laughs> as they examined the crime scene, of which there was not much, they did find her uh, decapitated hand, uh, her right hand, buried. 13 paces away. Ooh, Ooh 13. Spooky. Oh my God, 13 is the spookiest number. It's the most <laughs> spooky number. And I, I was like, I was reading this, I was like, really? Like 13 paces? Like, are we in Treasure Island? They really, like, they had to reach for, for how many? Right. I was Wait, like, 13 sounds better. Kim, what measurement is it 13? <laughs> paces, feet, yards, I was waiting moon. for like, it was a full moon. <laughs> the lone wolf the howls. blood moon like, like as i'm reading this i'm like this is a lot but i'm yeah. like this all really happened <laughs> um they were eventually able to ascertain her cause of death now i'll say i'm not sure um it's because she was skeletonized they could only do so much yeah. they assumed that she was asphyxiated because they found a wad of fabric uh taffeta fabric uh deep in her mouth so okay. they assumed that she had probably been asphyxiated. Um, and they they figured out because they weren't sure if maybe she had someone had climbed into the tree and gotten stuck. Um, her body, she had not been killed there, almost certainly. Her body had to have been put into the tree while she was still warm. Okay. If not, maybe still alive. Because yeah. the rigor Morris was able to tell them. Um, like the positioning of her body. And they were able to find out. So her body was found April 19th. Uh, she was put into the tree in October. Okay. So like over idea. winter too. Yes. Yes. Okay. So she, yeah. So, and with the snow yeah. and with everything, she had been really badly degraded. Yeah. So it's impressive that they were able to get as much evidence as they did. I was honestly surprised there was any skin or anything left on it. Me because too. when you have a body on the elements that long, like mm -hmm. normally the animals will right. get to it pretty quick. I'm wondering but if over maybe winter, there had been snow, right? Yeah. Maybe it had frozen and yeah. it had begun to thaw. That's gross. interesting. Bodies gross. It is gross. gross. <laughs> Bodies are gross. Um, so the investigation uh, surprisingly had hundreds of leads. They kind of were getting right out of the gate running. They were really excited about all of the leads they had. Uh, they started with the teeth. Police called every dentist in England and were not able to make any matches. Mm -hmm. It went nowhere. Uh, then they found, I thought this was really impressive for the 40s. So they had one shoe of hers. They found the shoemaker Ooh. from the shoe. They tracked down all but six owners of wow. the shoes. So she had to have been one of the six. Okay. They found every place that sold these shoes. They think probably that she had gotten them, um, like they had sold them in a cart on the street. Yeah. So uh, everything is sort of pointing to her being someone who's from poverty. Yeah. Do you think um, maybe she got them like secondhand or something? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking she either, because a lot of times uh, in these sort of like poor areas, they sell things on the street a lot. People just kind of like sell things out of their house. Yeah. Um, just anything they had. So I'm like, could have been that, you know, yeah. someone bought them from this person and then they bought them from this card and then gave them to her. Yeah. You know, who's yeah. to say? Yeah. Um, 
But I thought all but six owners, that's like pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive for, um, again, the 40s. Like, right. That's pretty wild. Um, they also connected that they had a lead that had come. Um, they hadn't connected it at the time. But the night of um, – or in October, I'm sorry. Um, in October, they had gotten – the police department there had gotten two separate calls near Hagley Road. They And they tracked down the people who made – the calls, they were not connected to each other in any way. It was a mm-hmm. school teacher and, like, I think a factory worker. Um, and they reported uncontrollable female screaming from oh. the wood. And this was before the body was found or anything. So they – and that's in October when they thought she was placed in the tree. Yeah. So they tried looking around then, but nothing was leading to anything. Interesting. Right. Okay. So they were getting really frustrated, but that's kind there's of so many well. little strands that it's like, okay, right. that could be something. That right. could be something. And it's just it just disintegrates. Yeah. It just goes into nothing. Mm. Now we get to the title. So I'm sure some of you were wondering the title, who put Bella in the witch elm? Like, well, we don't even know who she is. So in 1943, this all happened in uh the same year. So this was late 1943. Okay. Um, graffiti started appearing in local towns. Uh, they were all written in white chalk and in what the police described as a similar hand. Now, I've seen the photos of this graffiti. It's kind of just in like block lettering. Yeah. Like I feel like when you're writing big, it almost makes it harder to have sort of like a signature. Yes. Everyone just kind of I makes agree. letters the same. I mean, I'm not... Shockingly, I'm not a handwriting analysis. You should see my handwriting. Um, (laughs) But in in similar hand, I guess I would say, um, the first one is who put Lubella down the witch elm? Another wrote Hagley Wood Bella, which is the woods in which she was found. And who put Bella in the witch elm? These started appearing all over town. It was initially just three um, but they would find them scrawled in a bunch of different places. And actually, uh, huh. there were reports just a couple of years ago of a resurgence of the graffiti. Really? Mm-hmm. So, Although I feel like seeing it nowadays right, is like, less okay, impressive. Be no yeah. connection. I'm sure people just do it like because it's like a signature of the area. Right. Um, right. Like whatever. But kids you know, hear the legend. Right. And, yeah. Still kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, but at the time. The, the the finding of the body had been in the papers. It had been uh, – it hadn't been – I would say it hadn't been like a huge media sensation um, because of the war. It had yeah. kind of been outshined because of the war. Sure. But it had been in the papers and people were wondering who this woman was, but people were a lot more focused on <laughs> what was going on around them. Right. Um, which is totally yeah. understandable. Especially, I mean, I think it's it's hard to understand here because right. even with World War II, like, we were at a distance. Right. England this is, is like, like right in their backyard. There, yeah. Right. A lot of these areas had been bombed. Like, it, people just really weren't focusing on it. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes in missing persons cases, a paper will assign – an anonymous victim, an identity, maybe give them a name, you know, maybe start calling her the Hagleywood girl or something like that. But she had never from any source been assigned any kind of name, let alone Bella or Lou Bella. So everyone was wondering, where did this name come from? Sure. And the tree that she was found in, the elm, is called a witch elm, but not super commonly. 
Okay. So it was just kind of a weird, two weird details. Yeah. In the th- that again really never led to anything. They did say, um, so they were trying to catch the graffiti artist. They and again, uh, rare uh, for me to be like rah rah the cops. Um, but they did a <laughs> great job, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm pretty surprised. Yeah. Um, they interviewed like all known vandals. Um, didn't find anything, uh, but the vandals, um, and everything were able to sort of say, well, um, you're probably not going to find any witnesses because like we said earlier, there were curfews, there were nighttime curfews and there were not only curfews, but complete blackouts. Every light in the city had to be extinguished because they didn't want to attract attention of bombers. Yeah. Um, so they were like, I don't know who could have done this in the pitch black without anybody noticing. Right. It's really weird. Right. Uh, And the police said that they thought that um, the graffiti was written too high up to be done by children. Okay. Because they thought maybe it's just a school prank. They thought it would have been too hard for children to reach, which I I do have a little doubt on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they thought maybe it was someone doing it in the early morning when farmers brought in crops and produce to sell at the stands. But other than that, they never got another lead. Weird. Um, So they had nothing. Wow. So this is an unsolved case, but one of the fun things about it is that there are a couple of theories. Sure, um, sure. And they are batshit insane. Of course. Uh, So I hope you're ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll start with um, (laughs) the one that I think you're going to like the best. So in February of 1941, two years before – Bella was found in the Witch Elm. Okay. Uh, this man named Joseph Jacobs parachuted into a an English field. Okay. Sort of near the area um, of Hagley Wood. Uh, he was not a very good parachuter. He uh, broke his ankle. Uh, okay. It seems like he was, I think he was trying to desert from war uh, and of course, again, this is still World War II. So right. anyone parachuting in and out of the area, they're like, hey, get the hell Invader, out of here. Invader, yeah. Right. And so this guy, this guy was limping around the town with a broken ankle and a parachute. And they were like, um, I think someone should call the police. So they did. And they brought him in because they were like, okay, so you're clearly a spy. Right. Like, what are you doing here? Right. Like, you're not an active soldier. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Um, so after... Um, a long time in the police department, he began to come up with some interesting information because one of the things that was found on him, because they were obviously trying to see, like, do you have papers? Who are you? Uh, was a picture of a German actress named Clara Beverl. Okay. Um, who's just a, a German actress. They were like, who is this? Why do you have this picture? Do you know this woman? Um, and he ended up telling them that Clara was not only a German actress and singer, but she was a Nazi spy. Okay. Uh, uh Uh-huh. And that they were lovers. Um, Oh. If it's a cat, it's fine. Okay. Um, A little uh, real life update. The door. Oh, no, that happens. Very old. No, it doesn't. It's haunted. No, it's This very old house uh, just opened by itself. This is not a haunted house. Yes, it is. No. Um, That happens all the time. We can't get the latch to close. (laughs) Tim has to fuck with it. We keep it closed in case the cat comes in, but then sometimes Agra comes in anyway. So, 
I would it's love fine. for the cats to come in. It's fine. I love cats. I think everything can be made better by cats. Uh, <laughs> that did scare the shit out of me, though, because I wasn't ready for it. It's like, Ugh! it's Clara. Yes. It's, it's She's coming. She's like, don't talk about me. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Joseph Jacobs in a police interrogation is revealing all of this very tasty information about Clara Beverl being a Nazi spy and that they were both spies together and that they were also lovers. It was this whole like incredible like James Bond story okay. that really painted him as this really super cool spy. Um, but he was full of shit. Um, he was not, yeah, he was not a spy. He had never met Clara. Okay. Um, the picture that he had was one that like a fan, like take out of a magazine or some right. shit. Yeah. He had at some point served in the military, um, uh, had been discharged at some point. Um, yeah. I believe he had a drinking problem. It was, he okay. was yeah, he was kind of a, uh, right. he was kind of an interesting kind of a dead character. Beat. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, Clara, by the way, so they were like, okay, well, let's look into this because maybe there, a theory came about that he was, because he was obviously a little, uh, wacko, mm-hmm. um, that maybe, maybe Clara was, Bella, because his thing that he put, he put out several stories, but he had said that she had, she would also, she would parachute in after him. Like they would parachute places together. And one time he'd been with like another lady and she was pissed. So she parachuted in after him. Yeah. He was like writing self fan fiction. Okay. So they were like, okay, maybe, maybe she parachuted into the tree and fell in. Maybe they didn't have any other leads. They were like, yeah, sure. Um, but it was not Clara. Clara died, um, in Germany of a lung infection. I love the idea of somebody <laughs> parachuting into the tree. Cause right. like, what are the, like this, st- like statistically Oopsies. speaking, like <laughs> very low probability you'd be able to hit that in one try and There'd then die. No right. Inside. I feel like it would kind of be like best case scenario. Like as long yeah. as you're not coming in too hot, like you're nestled in the tree, I feel like you'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So then why would they die right. in the tree? Maybe she couldn't climb. Whatever. Which you'd think they would have uh, uh, covered in her spy training, of which there is And also there'd be a no parachute <laughs> still attached. Correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, uh, I said earlier that our our body, who I do call Bella from time to time, even though there's never any confirmation <laughs> yeah. that there was or was not her name. Yeah. Um, Bella was... Five feet tall. Clara was six feet tall. <laughs> tall um, girly. Yeah, fellow tall baddie. Yes. Uh, we love her. Yes. Uh, and yeah, she died in Germany of a lung infection. Okay. Now, the lung infection was brought on by barbiturates. So she did have kind of an interesting end, but she did not end in the witch elm. Oh, uh, good. Joseph Jacobs was later um, convicted of espionage. He was a spy. He was oh. just kind of a shitty one. Oh, okay. Uh, he didn't do any of the stuff he said, but he was like yeah. betraying and yeah. like, passing information, being a dickhead. Yeah. So he later became the last person ever executed at the Tower of London. He wow. was executed by... Firing squad. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So okay. A little, uh, 
Spooky theory. So that yeah. was a theory. It, what was unfortunate was because of the Nazi aspect, it gained a lot of people's attention yeah. and it wasted a lot of police time. Right. Like it was right. just kind of, it was just a wild goose chase into nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so that was unfortunate, but it's just so fun that yeah. I love to mention it. It's yeah, such yeah. a, cause he's just a whack job. What is your problem, <laughs> Joseph? Like get a hobby, like stop parachuting places. What are right. you talking about? Um, this next theory, I love it. Uh, because it's crazy. When I had first heard about, um, well, I heard about this. I've known about the story for a long time, but when I first heard the detail about the severed hand, Mm -hmm. I was a little kid, you know, listening to this thing going, I know what this is. The the podcast host didn't know. So they were like, that's so weird, a random hand. And I'm like, I know what that is because I read occult stuff. (laughs) So is that an occult thing? Yes. Okay. So the fact that her hand, they so they found out that her hand had been severed. It okay. was, it was, they found by the bones, the cuts on the bones or whatever, that it hadn't been like maybe taken apart by animals. Yeah. It had been severed and buried 13 paces from where she was found Spoopy. in the tree. Very uh, scientific yes. uh, measurement. Um, so to go into sort of the occult side of things a little bit, uh, hands are a big part of a lot of practices. And in fact, this thing that I'm going to talk about goes all the way back to like Mesopotamia. Okay. old. And it's called um, the Hand of Glory. Have you ever heard of this? No. It's like a video game item a lot. Okay. (laughs) It's like a big thing. It's like in Resident Evil, I think. I, You know, and I've probably seen something like that, but I just didn't... Because I didn't know. I didn't it's like connect it to... It's one of those things to... like the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, right. It's like, ooh, yeah. Uh, kind of legendy. Um, so a Hand of Glory was supposed to be... Uh, it's a, sort of like uh, hands have always been symbolistic in crime for being a thief. Okay. Anything to do with the hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, a common thing was to cut off your hand if you were a thief. Yeah. Um, and... In sort of like the witchy side of things, the hand of a thief was a powerful tool in witchcraft. Okay. Uh, Thieves would go to their local magic practitioners um, uh, to have their hands blessed so that they could... (laughs) So they can steal better? Right, so they can steal better. (laughs) Like plus 10 uh, (laughs) 10 attack on stealth. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Level up. Um, and uh, if you were able to get the hand of a hanged man from, I guess, grave robbing or yeah. whatever, you could bring it to your local magic practitioner um, and she would bless it and it would become like like a tool, like a talisman for you to carry. Yeah. Uh, so if you carried it, it was everything from it would put the people you were robbing into a deep sleep to... Interesting. Uh, yeah, giving you supernatural powers. So it was supposed to be um, sort of a talisman. Okay. Uh, but the fact that her hand was missing, I found that very significant And as soon as I found out it was buried away from her, I'm like, oh, like this is a hand of glory. So there was actually this. I didn't include too much about this because it's a lot. And I feel like this one's already long. Yeah. There was an official investigation by a woman who's like an occult theorist. Okay. um, Who said that like uh, she gave a lot of information about the hand of glory and about the history of it. And she said that – that it was a possible explanation. There was another murder in the same area um, many years earlier that was um, 
a, a local like crazy guy thought his neighbor was a witch and stabbed him to death with a pitchfork. Oh, super cute. Yeah. So they were trying to figure out if if the religious fervor in the area made people more suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole thing with like a local Romani tribe where they thought maybe they could have had something to do with it. So basically this case is just enshrined in a lot of sort of like occult Wow, yeah. Very spooky. There's yeah. a lot that goes into that. Unfortunately, it never led to anything. They of couldn't find any trace of anything on the hand that they could have traced back to any <laughs> local magic practitioner. Sure. So I'm not sure. My theory, because <laughs> of course I have to say, I think most likely she was probably a local sex worker. Yeah. And I think that somebody dumped her in the woods to get rid of her. Now, I did try to look into the gentleman I mentioned earlier, the Viscount Cobham, because he owned the land. Yeah. He's actually a pretty, his family is pretty well connected. There are still people who are related to him in a lot of Australian politics today. Okay. So I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Because in England, I mean, you trip over lords. They're everywhere. Right. So I was like, this guy's still like significant. Yeah. Not the guy. I mean, he's dead, but like his family. So interesting. I thought that, and nobody ever really looked into him. I've looked at this case for a really long time and he really was never looked at. Now, the Hagley Wood, the area, is a huge area. Yeah. And, and just it, because it's like on their right. their parcels of land are exactly. like massive land holdings. Right. So it's not yeah. like it was in his backyard. And right. He obviously should have known. You right. know, who knows if he ever even went to yeah. that area regularly. So yeah. I'm not saying necessarily that that he absolutely did it, but I think it's interesting that he wasn't looked into. Yeah. And that there's this like poor woman found that is on this Lord's property that with is fabric stuffed in her mouth. Uh, very weird. They also never found out where the fabric in her mouth came from, uh, which is huh. us. Um, uh, weird. The only update I have for this case is in 2018, they were able to do a skull reconstruction on okay. her and see maybe what she would have possibly looked like. Um, when I uh, por- post my source notes, one of them has the photo um, I'm not sure. A lot of uh, the, the articles were very hopeful. Like, maybe this will lead to something because DNA is impossible because another uh, spooky little step to this case. Where's her body? They don't know. Oh. It went missing. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with that. Uh, yeah. They don't know where it is. And a lot of the evidence that they have is gone. Wow. And... It was very, like, in a lot of the things I read, it was kind of like, yeah, we asked them and they had no comments. I'm like, where is it? I don't know. That's very suspicious to me. And it seems like it went missing more recently. Because if it had been missing in, like, the wartime, I kind of would have understood, like, maybe the evidence locker got bombed or something. But when she was trying to get the records to do this skull reconstruction, she had trouble because a lot of it was missing. Yeah. Um, wow. But, so they do have a face. Um, it's it's a little bit of an interesting face. Um, kind of, I wish I could have printed yeah. it out. Um, no, it's okay. Let me see. A lot of the uh, reports that I read were very hopeful. Like maybe someone will recognize her as someone's great grandmother. It did say that she had given birth once based on her skeletal report. But the face is like kind of rough. 
I'm oh, not trying to yeah. be rude to no, Miss no, Bella. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. The expression, like her mouth is open. Um, it, it's just an odd expression. Well, things are very uneven. It's not yeah. a very, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's almost like if you put a face in a funhouse mirror. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It kind of looks, again, not not trying to no, be rude, but no. she, it, it looks a little... Uh, what, sketch like hills have eyes yes little uh yes yeah that's a very good description yeah. for like it. i feel like if she really looked like this in real life people would have remembered because she looks very distinctive she yes. looks like maybe she had yeah. some issues perhaps yeah um but so um definitely encourage you if you have family in england any connections to england uh check your pictures for this woman, because we all want to find out who put Bella in the witch elm. I'm more interested in finding out who she was. Uh, that that's something that I find very surprising is that no one ever, no one ever missed her. Nobody ever, yeah, nobody ever yeah. found her. And so I I do hope that one day we'll find out because I remember reading about this in a book at the library <laughs> at school when I was really little, and it's just. Yeah. It's very mysterious. The mysterious graffiti. They still have it up um, in one of the towns. Yeah. They, I mean, it's been reconstructed and everything. And it was even vandalized by a local artist at some point. But it seems like they're kind of keeping the legend alive. So Mm -hmm. I hope that one day we'll find out and we'll be able to put her to rest. But if you put Bella in the witch elm, you have to tell me. Write in. And tell right. me because <laughs> I want to know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, over the years, mm-hmm. um, especially in like the olden days, right, there's right. been a lot of mysterious People doing very shady and often, like, murderous things. They remain unknown. Jack the Ripper, Uh the Leatherman, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Are Uh you familiar with any of those? Yeah. The list goes on. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in that vein, I want to talk about one that I was unfamiliar with Mm -hmm. until looking at this. The Phantom Barber of Pascagoula. That sounds so familiar. (laughs) This is so weird. Oh, I can't wait. This is so weird. So we're going to go back to 1942. I I will say it's already giving me Sweeney Todd vibes. Yeah. I'm so here for it. 1942, as Uh you said, the world is well into World War II. um, And by the end of the year, according to the Uppsala Conflict Data Program, 1942 would actually be the deadliest year in human history. Oh, wow. Uh, But in Pascagoula, Mississippi, a coastal town which supported the war effort with shipbuilding, they had some bigger concerns a little closer to home. They were concerned with the war effort, but there was some shit going down in Pascagoula. Uh 
So by the summer of 1942, the town was plagued by a series of mysterious break-ins <gasps> that shared some very strange qualities. Ooh. This really starts on June 5th, 1942, when two young children who were living at the convent of Our Lady Victory, uh, Mary Evelyn Briggs and Edna Marie Heidel, they hear a noise that wakes them up in the night. And they turn to see what the noise is. And when they come to, all they see is there is a man climbing out of the window. <gasps> which would be very frightening. Oh, they my were, God. Yeah. Um, a search of the room revealed that nothing had been stolen other than a lock of hair from each girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> Immediate no. Straight up. Comes in, takes some hair, pieces out. He's the night barber. The night barber. The phantom barber, dude. Oh, my God. Um, so, according to the Crime Wire quote, Briggs uh, would describe the mysterious intruder as sort of short, sort of fat, and he was wearing a white sweatshirt. Ugh. Which is, like, super general. Super general. I know who it is already. <laughs> uh, obviously, this description fails to bring any leads. Shocker. Authorities also brought in bloodhounds in an attempt to pick up on the perpetrator's trail, and they were able to sort of follow it to the edge of a forest. Okay. Um, and they believe that the person who broke in stashed a bicycle there and then made off on the oh, bicycle. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, which allowed him to kind of a quick, quick getaway. Right. But they and lost they the scent trail. Right. right. They lost the scent trail. Mm-hmm. Just a few days later... The Phantom Barber makes a second appearance. Ooh, he had a second appointment. Second appointment. <laughs> he could squeeze you in. Um, this time at the home of six-year-old twins, Carol and David Petey. Again, the two children were... I'm sorry. Carol was awoken in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. Um, but it doesn't seem like she saw anything at okay. all. Um, but she also discovered that her hair had been <gasps> cut. Ew. Just her. It didn't seem to me like the brother had her hair cut or had his hair cut. Uh-huh. Um, and he didn't wake up okay. to the noise okay. in the bedroom. The PD family called the authorities, called, mm-hmm. called the police, um, and they did notice that the window screen to the bedroom had been cut <gasps> um, and they had a sandy footprint that had been left behind. Sandy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And like I said, the the person had gotten into the room to cut Carol's hair and leave and was able to do this without waking uh, her brother David. So once is kind of weird. Right. But twice starts to seem like a little bit of a pattern. Yeah. Um, So, you know, understandably, the town started to feel a little like on edge. Yeah. With a mysterious stranger breaking into people's homes and cutting their hair and leaving. Yeah, not good. Again, World War II, so like right. things are what the every, everybody's so on edge about weird. everything. Taking yes. the hair. Yes. Um so there's a few a few factors at play here. Mm-hmm. Um it's weird anyway, but police were, like, getting swamped with calls from concerned citizens uh-huh. about the phantom bar- barber. And in an attempt to avoid a full-on panic, um, according to Morbidology, quote, police would put forward a $300 reward that could lead to their capture. And they also gave permits to six volunteer officers and ordered the rest of the task force to, 
task force to remain on high alert. Okay. There was also the issue of dimming regulations that were in place by the Army, Mm -hmm. same as in yours, um, which allowed, like, the extended darkness sort Mm -hmm. of allowed the Phantom Barber to move through the town unnoticed. Right. Uh, and eventually, the army actually relaxed some of these orders in hopes to catch this guy. I, see, okay, I was going to say, I'm going to have to hear the rest, but like the dimming orders are very important. And as but a this, parent, isn't, this is in the US, too. Oh, duh. Yeah. Why did I so like in England, yeah, this is why I'm like, they were like right next door. Right, right. In the US, I mean, yes, people were very freaked out and like right. into the war effort and all this shit. But like, it but wasn't was some distance. There. Yes. Yes. That yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. Um, oh, sorry about that. I got confused. So, yeah, this is coastal Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So the reward was later increased to $400 after local businesses added to the fund because they were kind of like right. people cool. like didn't want to work late. They didn't want to stay out late because they wanted to go home to like – protect the family Um, and then eventually it was raised to $500 once reports began coming in that the stranger was appearing in neighboring towns oh rumors Uh they say they're Uh they're seeing them there too who knows Uh 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 now just a few more days later on June 13th after the break-in at the PDs an attack takes place at the Mm -hmm. home of Mr. and Mrs. Terrell Heidelberg um, a stranger breaks into their home and attacks the couple with an iron pipe while they're sleeping. Ooh, oh, my God. Uh, Mr. Heidelberg was hit so hard that he lost a couple of his teeth. Oh, no. Uh, but he sort of attacks them and then leaves. Okay. They are obviously injured, but otherwise fine. Uh-huh. They call police. Police were like very very quick to attribute this attack yeah to the phantom barber so my next question was gonna be did they have a child no okay they didn't have a child they um it was it was the first and only time that the intruder used physical violence and it doesn't appear that he took any hair from this attack Okay, so why did they? Okay, okay. Um, also, the attack happened so quickly that neither of the couple were able to provide a description. Right. Eventually, they sort of they I think police kind of came to their senses and realized this was not um, right. The same guy. The same guy. But also, they there is this feeling that they kind of still thought that it was, and right. you'll see why in a minute. Okay. The big difference was that – so they also thought that with the Phantom Barber still not being car- caught, it mm-hmm. sort of increased these – like a spate of break-ins. Which makes sense, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, unfortunately, with the dim order and everything, great mm-hmm. time for crime. Mm-hmm. And because they're already, like, looking for this other person, they're right, like – they're if, distracted. If you're doing all these break-ins, like in this case, it'll probably be attributed oh, to this other guy. Clever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there was an increase in crime at this point because right. people are like, well, I'm – since yeah, they're looking should. for him, like, yeah. let somebody else take the fall Why for me. Why not? Yeah. 
So there were some other break, similar break-ins in the area, and the big difference between those and the Phantom Barber was that mm-hmm. instead of leaving with a lack of hair, they would, like, throw clothes and dishes around the house right. before they left. Right. Okay. So the final break-in attributed to the Phantom Barber took place towards the end of June 1942 mm-hmm. when Mrs. R.E. Taylor woke in the night to, quote, something with a sickening smell, <gasps> end quote passing over her nose. Ew. The next thing she remembers is waking up and getting ill. Chloroform. Okay. See, you know what's going on. You know what's up. You know what's up. My first thought was that he was stinky. He's just a stinky man. That's what I thought. I was like, The smelly phantom barber. He's under a porch or something. Um... When police got there, yep, they determined that the intruder had cut the window screen to get in and then put a chloroform rag uh, over her face to incapacitate incapacitate her and Mm -hmm. then escaped with a lock of her hair. Okay. Okay. The three-week span of strange break-ins had residents on edge because it really did not appear like the police had any leads at all. Right. Um, There was not, like... A ton of evidence being left behind. They had a sandy shoe print. Uh huh. Which, like, whatever. Yeah. They had some cut window screens. Yeah, you can't really. I, I was going to say, I don't even know. I mean, I think you'd be able to determine maybe, like, if he used a serrated or, or regular knife, but, like, that's yeah. it. You wouldn't yeah. be able to determine anything other than that. They had a description of sort of short, sort of fat, and in a white sweatshirt. You oh, know what I mean? Like, him. ID'd him. Yeah. <laughs> They don't no really problem. have any That's solid red. evidence at all. Yeah. Uh, so residents were like, yeah, freaking out. What the fuck is going on here? I'm sure. In an interview with Michael Dumas at the Mississippi Press, mm-hmm. uh, Sandra Moncrief, who was a child in Pascagoula in 1942, describes what her family was thinking at the time. So she said, quote, it was pretty frightening, said Sandra Moncrief, who was a young child in Pascagoula during the summer of 1942. Mm-hmm. My dad worked at the shipyard, and he made this big old, big old iron billy stick, and <gasps> they would take turns sitting up around the clock because the story was the Phantom Barber was cutting the hair off of blonde children, and I had blonde hair. Oh. That was just a rumor, she said, but it illustrated the level of unrest the attacks caused throughout the community. Because everybody was so frightened, being a child of three or four, I really felt that. Moncrief said, "Oh wow, I, I what a great perspective yeah. to have!" Like, oh my gosh, I'm sure the energy was crazy. And when you're talking about something again, this is like kind of the mysterious side of things, right? right. It is so easy for the rumor mill to like, yeah, get going, yeah, you know. And for like for her, she said, "We heard he was cutting blonde kids' hair." Right? right. Was it true? Probably not. But yep. like. That reminds me of um of Son of Sam. Yeah. Where women were, were dyeing their hair mm-hmm. when it really had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It was just yeah. based on a rumor. It was just coincidence. Or what they're putting in the press right. or like what, you know. Right. And how easily that can, like, I when I watched the Son of Sam thing, it was like hundreds and hundreds of women mm-hmm. had gone and changed their hair color. Like such a big decision for something that was based on nothing. Right. Like, it's so easy. Right. For these rumors to spread when there's really nothing else to go on. Crazy. Well, people in 1942 didn't have anything better to talk about. Yeah, they didn't have Twitter. (laughs) Not like a war or anything, you know. (laughs) So the investigation continues on for another month before anything big happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in July 1942, police arrest a man named William Dolan. Okay. Now, Dolan was a German-born chemist. 
Okay. Who received his degree in chemistry before coming to the United States. Can you see where this is going? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> neighbors reported Dolan. He neighbors reported Dolan was vocal about his sympathies for Germany. Uh-huh. Which would have made Americans at the time like pretty nervous. Uh-huh. There's German sympathizer in our backyard. Oh dear. Uh, there was also some reports of prior disputes between Dolan and the Heidelbergs. Uh, the only family to have been physically attacked in uh-huh. all of this, that is okay. the one. Um, so there was, he had actually been arrested previously for like uh, trespassing oh, on okay. their property or like, stalking or something. Okay, so like, yeah. like a neighbor dispute. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, and there was reports that he had an issue with, I think, the dad, not okay. Terrell, Terrell's father, who is like a justice of the peace or okay. like a, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, they were not great. Right. Police claimed that when they went to Dolan's house, they found several locks of hair outside of Dolan's window. Okay. And this was like the final piece that for police was enough to arrest him. They're like, oh. people are saying you're a German sympathizer. And look, we have hair. Yeah, we have these reports that you were in this dispute with them prior. Right. Oh, and what is this hair also? Hair. So they, they arrested him. Again, from Morbidology, police, quote, theorized that Dolan had committed the phantom barber attacks to impair the morale of war workers. Oh, my God. This is the most biased. This is ridiculous. <laughs> It's pretty wild, right? Yes. So once what a witch hunt. <laughs> I know. Oh my well, God. again, like World War II really does play such a huge part in this. Right. Because they're shipbuilding town. Like uh-huh. they're like very hoorah in the war effort. Right. And probably hearing a lot more updates than people in like other yeah. places. And this be. is the South. Like right. Need you know, I just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'll get it. Uh, the Pascagoula community felt a little bit more at ease when Stolen was arrested. I'm sure they did. Uh, believing that what authorities is telling them about the break-ins was correct. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dolan maintained his innocence in all right. of this. Um, but despite this, Dolan went to trial where he was found guilty of attempted murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Okay. Now, Dolan was ever only charged and convicted of the actual attack on the Heidelbergs. Yeah. Yeah. Not the haircutting. Never charged with any of the Phantom Barber crimes. Okay. But I'm sure in the court of public opinion. Right. This is what I mean where, like, police were like, okay, he didn't actually have anything to do with the Phantom Barber crimes, but, like, he did. Right. But he did. Wink, wink. Like, because I'm sure that's what everyone assumed. I like think he so. was the bad man. He was the boogeyman. And now he's in jail. And now more, no more bad things can happen. Right. Right. Um, at least it made them feel better. Right. To think that. Right. So, uh, you know, the Heidelberg attack was the only one that didn't match the MO of the rest of like the Phantom yeah. Barber yeah. things. Um, there are a lot of people who question whether or not Dolan actually committed the Phantom Barber break-ins. I don't. I don't see anything pointing to that. Yeah. To me, it definitely seems like a convenient conviction right. for police. I think so too. And because you got a, t- a panicking town and were there were there any more Phantom Barber attacks after that? There were not. Okay. Which but does not bode well. That doesn't it, I mean Right. Like I I don't know. I, I there are theories that they weird... stopped after he was arrested because the person got spooked. Right. You know? That's what like, I was gonna say. Like and and this this it's it's an alarming thing, but I'm I'm almost surprised that people were so. I understand why people were upset, 
but it seems like it got a lot of attention mm-hmm. for something that can't be proven at all. Yeah. Like how it's not impossible. And again, if if anyone from the families is listening, I don't mean it in this way. But is it not possible that the children cut their own hair? You know, that they're, that they're traumatized I mean, yeah. by everything that's going on around them. I mean, hell, the first two girls were in a convent. I bet that shit sucked. Yes. Yeah. They were like, why don't we get out of mass tomorrow and cut our hair and then yeah. say someone broke in here? Maybe yeah. they were sneaking out, taking yeah. shots in the woods. I, maybe they were uh, hanging out with the devil. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. For, who am I to say? These are these are all very good points. I agree. <laughs> like this, this, this burglar. Like, I just don't. And, and this German guy did not do that. There's no way. It doesn't seem like it. I could see the assault, but even still, like, it seems to me like the evidence that they had was he's a German sympathizer. Right. You and know what I mean? he may not like his neighbors. Yeah. Which it's like, did we see all of the other neighbors? Maybe yeah. Maybe they were just shitty neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very, like... <laughs> That's spooky. Yeah. Uh, six years into his 10-year sentence, okay. Mississippi Governor Fielding Wright decided to review the matter, eventually uh, asking Dolan to take a lie detector test, which okay. is something that held a lot more weight in 1942 than it does right. now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, lie detector test yeah. is law. That's it? <laughs> yes. Uh, but Dolan passed. Oh, good. He did pass. And so after he passed, uh, Governor Wright granted a limited suspended sentence before he was completely set free in 1959. Okay. I'm sorry, 1951. Okay. Okay. So he ended up uh, serving nine of the ten years, I think. But because Dolan was never actually charged with any of the Phantom Barber crimes, Uh it still remains unsolved to this day. Dang. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. So I hadn't heard of that one. I had not heard of that. Um, and I would actually, I'm going to close with a quote from an article on mental floss mm-hmm. by oh, Rob Lamel mm-hmm. um, that I feel like really sums up like Ooh. the trajectory of this case, right? Good. So quote, In hindsight, some modern historians wonder if Dolan was guilty of any crime at all. He was arrested at a time when the public was in a state of panic and the police were desperate to close the Phantom Barber cases. It would have been very easy to plant the hair during Dolan's arrest and then tamper with the evidence sent to the FBI for analysis. Mm -hmm. In addition, Dolan was a known German sympathizer and considered a traitor by many townsfolk. So his arrest for the attack on the Heidelbergs was met with little resistance. Good riddance to bad rubbish, as the old saying goes was dolan the phantom barber of pascagoula or a patsy who took the fall to quell the anxieties of a small town we may never know for sure Ooh. right Ooh. end quote <laughs> very very spooky i just that was I, good it's like that does kind of like put a bow yeah. on it i definitely feel i definitely lean more towards like convenient story I for the cops. I completely agree. I totally That's I agree. I think the haircutting thing is just so it's so hard to pinpoint to anything. And it, it like to me it seems like if somebody did do it, that person would be like a child predator. Yeah. Right? The yeah. fact that he only went after the girls and he entered the building the same way, but then they never but, even But the one the last one, the uh-huh. final one with the chloroform, she was an adult. Right. I don't think that so was it's connected. Like, you don't think that's the same no. because of the chloroform, right? right. Like right. Right. I know. See, there's a lot of weird shit in this case. And that was the one thing, like, when you said that he was a German, like, had been a chemist, mm. I was like, okay. Like, did they did they ever definitively say that it was chloroform? 
or just like that she experienced a chemical smell and I think that's what they assumed. Okay. I don't I don't honestly know if they did any that might have been included in the stuff that they sent to the FBI. Yeah, no, no. Um, um yeah. That, I would be interested to see, but I that was the only thing that I was yeah. like, "Oh, maybe," but I don't see how he would have escalated. Weird. I understand that crimes change as people get more confident in their crimes, but going from giving children night haircuts like mm-hmm. on the Mighty Boosh and <laughs> yeah, uh, true. going uh, to beating up your neighbors who hate you is kind of an escalation. Right. We'll never know. We may never know. Before you go down a rabbit hole again, any of these <laughs> cases, why don't you check out this podcast? Yeah, why? Hello, this is Margot D of the Not Fade Away podcast. This is the show that talks about folks from the music world who are no longer with us. We're talking about singers, musicians, songwriters, composers. If they made a mark on the world of music, we will talk about them. Past and future episodes include Jim Morrison, Aaliyah, John Belushi, Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Jerry Garcia. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts under the name Not Fade Away Podcast and follow us on all of our social media channels as well under Not Fade Away Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, send an email to notfadeawaypodcast at gmail.com. Hope you check us out. Thanks so much. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. That has been our episode. Rachel, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Honored to be here. I've enjoyed having you on. We may see you in the future. You're not going to see me because this is an audio recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, now you're definitely not coming back. Well, you Offend can't see, me. but I'm holding up the middle finger. Banned. <laughs> Banned, Banned for from life. the show. I just, like, a trap door opens. I just fall. I clip That's the how we do it. That's what happened to Janelle. That's, why That's she's true. <laughs> That's it. Oh, my gosh. Um, we hope you guys Mystery are solved. off to a fantastic start to your year. Yes. It's February, so, like, I hope so. Is it February? It will be when these come out, yeah. Oh, it's February. <laughs> what a lovely February it is. It will be when these hopefully less snow in your future. Um, on that note, our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Dakshevsky, The Enigma. Woo! This has been the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. We will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye. It was as if a wave of evil washed over this town.